0: All welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community, looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches, and joining me as always is allied health business owner Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm well.
1: That was a very excited introduction today. That's I, good. You enjoyed the enthusiasm. Well, I I'm very happy for you <laughs> that you enjoyed that. <laughs> Um,
0: it wasn't on purpose But Let's hope that's a good sign For the rest of the podcast Let's crack a beer
1: Ooh
0: Andrew What have I put in your hands today? You yeah,
1: put the grifter The grifter In my hands today Uh From Merrickville Yeah uh, In New South Wales Absolutely Pale ale mm-hmm. Um How's it taste?
0: I shouldn't make that sound I just Like a smack in my lips I shouldn't do that Um no, it tastes, it tastes quite good. I I felt like we after last week's IPA, mm. um, we needed to bring it back just a touch to a uh, to a softer palate. Mm. It was really I really enjoyed that IPA last week. I don't mm. know about you, um, but then after that we did that on a Thursday. After that, I had more IPAs that weekend because I was in such a such a role that I was like, Give I just. A- I just want strong, strong alcoholic beer <laughs> um, and I need a little bit of a break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. good. What yeah. do you think? Yes, I agree. It is uh, definitely a, a softer um, beer than what we had last time. I like it. Mm. It uh... it's more, tastes more like,
0: now I could be, I'm really sorry to like proper um, uh, beer aficionados out there. But it tastes like a, one of those stronger pale ales, not like your. It's not a James Squire. Mm. It's got more taste to it. Yep. Um, you'd probably want like a couple of them. Mm. And then I don't know if you could have. Many. Lots. I don't know if mm. you could have four pints of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many four pint nights people have. But, <laughs> oh, also, fun fact about Grifter. Uh, well, it's fun. You can pick up whether it's fun. It's a fact. They have mm. another beer. And I want to know your initial reaction to the, the name of this beer. It's a Watermelon Pilsner. No. No, no. <laughs> no, no.
1: Is that... We, we had a... Did we have some sort of watermelon... No, we had a pickle one. We had a pickle beer. With Hannah. Yeah, Hannah brought a pickle beer. Ah, uh, I'm getting pickle vibes from a mm. watermelon. I don't... What are you fucking doing? Yeah, Stop that. Yeah, it's... I've had it.
0: <laughs> um, I went to the brewery. Oh, with Max. Max, who was on our podcast oh, a couple of oh, weeks good. ago. yeah um, uh, <laughs> And he's like, you have to try this beer. I was like, all right. Uh, and it just tasted way too much like watermelon, <laughs> which is probably predictable. But I realized when I had a sip, I was like, you know, I don't need watermelon in my beer. <laughs> I was talking to a guy at the bottle uh, when I bought this. And um, I was talking to him about the watermelon beer. He was like, uh, the, you should look at the sales of those fruity beers and i will tell you everything you need to know. I was like, well, are they really popular? It's like, no, nope, they don't sell yeah right. like right so they've got their market wrong then because mm. we're talking about well who wants to buy those fruity beers is like well not people who really like the taste of beer as it is so it's either uh, like guys who don't love beer that much but still want to be drinking beer or girls who are ending up at breweries mm. um, with guys and want to still enjoy it but they don't like the taste of beer which is not a huge audience. <laughs> no, it's a very small. Because then we were audience. like, "Why wouldn't you just buy like a seltzer or yeah. any other drink?" Yeah. And there you go. What are we talking about today? <laughs> yeah. So that's a. It's four minutes of beer <laughs> chat for the people who come for that. Um, we're going to talk about should you, as an EP, start a business? It's like, and and maybe it can be extrapolated to other. Uh, physical therapy type uh, allied health businesses. I don't know how relevant it'll be for other ones. Probably a little bit. Hmm. Um, There'll be some experience in there. Uh, But mainly from an EP perspective, because that's who we are, should you start an EP business and then diving into when should you or when should you not and these sorts of things. Mm -hmm.
1: Where do you want to start? Oh, big question. Yeah, big question. what would motivate someone to start their own business? Hmm. So
0: I guess, yeah. And, and and who was thinking about this question? Mm. So uh, we had a, I had a chat with our student at the moment, here, Ben, nice guy. And he was asking us like, oh, should I like be starting a business um, when I leave uni? And I was like, what do you wanna, yeah, why do you wanna start a business was the question to him. Mm. And I feel like this is a question that students, new grads and maybe practitioners their first couple years would want to know the answer to because they're thinking about it. Mm. Um, I guess as a student, they might be thinking about it because maybe they think that that is what you should be doing, that's that's the, the best option or that's how I make the most money mm. sort of thing. Uh, other motivators for young health professionals, what do you think?
1: Uh... So I, th- I think part of it could be a financial reason mm. that there might be a perception that I could earn more money if I ran my own business. Mm. Um, or that would allow me uh, a different sort of freedom that I could get uh, as opposed to having to, you know, quote unquote, work for somebody else. Mm. Mm. Um, but, but I also think that there are just some entrepreneurial people out there that are just like, I see what's out there, I reckon I could do better, mm. so I'm gonna start it now. Mm. So I, I, I think there's a very big spectrum yeah. of yeah. why people would.
0: I think some other things that I've heard from people about why they may or may not wanna, or why they may wanna start their own business is because they haven't liked the person they're currently working for and they go, well, this must be what the industry's like. I don't wanna do it anymore. Mm. I want to work for myself Um, diving into the financial side a bit more they sometimes come from the perspective of why am I giving half of the money that I bring into the clinic to someone else Mm. why wouldn't I just pay myself all of the money Mm. that's maybe a a motivator for them there Uh, and other people going where do I go from here like i'm I'm seeing a caseload I'm enjoy like I like seeing people face to face uh but how do I do more? How do I make more mm. where do i where do I go from here if I, you know I'm in an e p business and it's me and it's my director, my owner You know what's the next step mm. like what is the next step? people with that kind of growth mindset which can be a positive thing and and they don't know where to go
1: mm. uh
0: so I guess there's a couple of motivators there so maybe it'd be useful for you to talk through. And I know you've talked about it in the past as well, that talk through what your experience was when you started a business mm. uh, and what that experience was like for you in that first year. And then maybe first one to five years post starting the business. Mm. Was it what you expected?
1: Very not what I expected. Mm. Uh, perhaps because I didn't have a particularly good idea about how businesses operate. Mm. And uh, to your point before about like, uh, you know, where cash flow goes in a business sometimes, mm. uh, certainly my, my uh, experience was that I had no idea where cash flow goes mm. in a business. And so I just assumed that if I was charging $100 per session that I would get close to that back mm. in mm. terms of what I was making. You know,
0: like $80, $90 into pocket. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that'd that be nice. Um, it'd be great if that was true. Uh, but, and, and there might be some cases where, where you could get, you know, sort of close to that um, and, and perhaps we could explore what that might look like now or in the future. But, um, you know, e- even starting a small scale, like we started uh, with a very small lease and a very small cl- uh, space. It's like, 40 square meters or something Mm, it was was mm. tiny Um, but like we would pay ourselves in like $150 at a time and we kind of like send a message to each other I was in a partnership Mm. at the time and it's like you know take 150 yeah because they needed there there was no salary there was no like I get paid a certain amount it was like when there's money in the bank we'll take a little bit out yeah yeah. and then we don't know when the next bit is going to be there Mm, so mm. we'll just kind of and wait. Mm. Um, that was our experience for probably a couple of years. A couple of years. Mm. Far out.
0: That's uh, that's wild because just... I feel like a lot of people uh, haven't even. Well, we know that most of like the the allied health uh, profession are pretty young. Mm. Most of the time, a lot of them don't make it past five years as practicing mm. total before they change careers. Mm. So to do that
1: for a couple of years is. Pretty incredible. I haven't quite done the sums on it, and I, to be honest, my my memory is probably pretty scatty to do it now. But mm. I would be one hundred percent certain that I put more money into the business than I took out of the business for that first two or three years. Wow, hundred yeah. percent, like with, without even questioning it. And so you think, well, why is that the case? Like, mm. how if you've got and like like we had, you know, we've got four books. Um, there's two of us working. Like, how is that possible? And there's a whole bunch of expenses to that are associated with running a business, and um, that that don't necessarily get reflected in mm. what you would expect to earn as mm. a as a uh, as a practitioner. Um, whether that's from you know having to pay rent and mm. electricity and mm. gas and water rates and things like that to getting admin support mm. to answer the phones or. Have someone do your bookkeeping or Mm. uh, have your subscription to your accounting software, have your practice management software. um, To, you know, uh, if you've taken out a loan to purchase equipment, like you have to repay that loan. If you've taken Mm. out a loan for a car, you've got to repay that loan. Mm. Um, You've got, uh, oh, like, Practice management software, automation software yeah. that can come in later. But marketing. Marketing, like marketing is just it's it's almost a trade off, right? It's almost like yeah. do I pay myself or do I market? Right. Short term or long term long term, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when you do all those sums and you add all these those those things up, you realise that all of that stuff accounts for like 50 to 60% mm. of the revenue that you generate so mm. automatically mm. The, the cost of like turning the lights on and, and running a business even a small business mm. you're only getting $40 back out of 100 Yeah. on a good day on a good day full books
0: low cancellations yeah mm. with nothing going wrong with
1: nothing going wrong yeah right mm. um, and there's all sorts of things that go wrong oh, with uh, with um you know equipment malfunctions or uh the lift stops working or yeah. uh floods and yeah. and we can't operate yeah. um, air conditioning leak the air conditioning leaks um, the front door doesn't open properly cleaners cleaners um the list just kind of goes yeah. on and yeah and you know certainly ink yeah. fucking ink <laughs> man. fucking
0: printing ink. fucking printing ink. holy shit just don't get a printer. Uh, I yeah, don't print things ever again. <laughs> go online and never go back. Yeah. Because that shit is crazy. It's it's stupid. I can't uh, I can't believe how much ink and money of ink we go through. And I'm only imagining what I used to go through at like school when I'd print off like 40 pages <laughs> in color like mm. block color of just random shit <laughs> <laughs> and then it all get thrown out yeah. as soon as it got marked you're like far
1: out mm. ink fucking sorry ink. quick ink rant there you go <laughs> fuck you ink <laughs> um so look uh, to to the your, your question before and, and the point is that you know there, there are a lot of costs that you don't see about uh running a business and and I, I don't regret any of that, mm. right? I, I don't regret the fact that there were some tough years mm. in there, um, I had a very supportive mm. wife, uh, now wife, um, who, who was able to support us through that time uh, because it definitely wouldn't have gotten through without mm. that support. Mm. Um, but it was it was always like I knew the potential. Mm. Like we, like uh, Brooke and I both knew that one day like when this thing starts mm. getting some traction, the the result will be there. Mm. Uh, so it was it was not a uh, it was not a start a business and see the reward quickly. Mm. It's like we both knew and had a vision for what it was gonna look like. Mm. And so like during the shitty times, it's mm. like, well, it's okay, like we will get there mm.
0: eventually. When you say you had a vision of where you wanted to go when you were originally talking about that vision was that vision where it is now was it five years ago
1: was it five years in the future ideally what was that original vision the original vision was where we were three years ago Hmm. so at a a different clinic smaller clinic uh one clinic Hmm. um and uh and a, a team of like 10. Mm. That was like Holy Grail yeah, wow. territory mm. back then.
0: Um, and then obviously it just changed Yeah. Yeah. Onto the next, like move the goalposts, right? Yeah. Onto the next. So. Yeah. Yep. That's really interesting. So I guess I, what I took away from what you just said then is the main thing is that like, it's not that immediate financial or, or immediate anything. Mm. by the sounds of it. There was no immediate uh, improvement in like what you were getting from it mm. or or how much money was coming in no. uh, or anything. It was
1: a very, very slow grind. And so you, you end up playing these kind of trade-offs mm. um, where it's like, ah, oh, I don't need a bookkeeper. Mm. Like, uh, you know, I want to save 80 bucks a week. Mm. So I don't need a bookkeeper, I'll just do that myself. Yeah. And then what well, you realize quickly, and so I ended up doing our books on a Sunday. Mm. Um, so I'm working seven days mm. and I am taking three times as long yeah. as it would take somebody else mm. to do it. You know, in two hours, it's taking me six because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm mm. not a bookkeeper and I can't go through reconciling mm. our, our accounting software and, and putting payments into our, yeah. um, uh, and cross-checking payments between our mm. uh, accounting and our practice mm. management software. Mm. So it's taking me a ridiculous amount of time, mm. and so like, there's there's another trade off in terms of like that extra eighty bucks a week from not having a bookkeeper was meaning that I was not with my family or not going yeah. and doing this the fun stuff, the freedom yeah. stuff. That sure. I thought like, oh, oh, the American dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like that's that's I don't that's not resentment or or uh, regret. Like that was just the reality mm. of the situation, and and many business owners go through that. Yeah. Like, Um, businesses sort of need to get to a certain stage where you can start to take things off of your Mm. plate Mm. um, as opposed to putting
0: them on. Mm. When, because you now mentor business owners and uh, healthcare specifically, some of these quite small businesses as well, on, on average, and this is ballpark, not asking for specific figures or anything, like how many hours a week are these business owners, these smaller ones specifically, who are starting out in the last couple of years, How many hours are they putting in
1: to their business a week? Oh, 60, 70. Right. Um, Because they'll be seeing uh, probably, you know, 40 hours of clients Mm. a week, Mm. Mm face-to-face time. Um, And then you've obviously got your admin and reporting and all that sort of stuff that's associated with that. Mm. So there's probably another 10. Um, and then you've got um, you've got your marketing you've got your referral work, you've mm. got your bookkeeping you've got your accounting mm. um, you've got clinic maintenance like if you're doing your own cleaning and things like that like mm. you've got to make it uh, look good you've got to do equipment ordering um, and so all of that sort of stuff it's it just like keeps adding up mm. so yeah I'd say like an average average owner is probably doing... You know, they're working six days a week, 10 hours a day, that's probably pretty mm.
0: standard. And if these are the ones that you're interacting with, these are the ones who are putting in 100% to it and trying to grow, right? Mm. Cause they're the ones who are like in- investing money into, into business mentoring mm. uh, and getting help on that side of things. So that's probably the standard of, would you say that's the standard of where you would need to be as a business owner when you're getting things off the
1: ground? Um, it's a difficult question because you don't have to be I, I, I mm. think that the reason why people seek out business mentoring specifically is the intention that they want to grow mm. they realise that I don't want it to continue the way that it is and mm. I need somebody to like navigate this with me mm. to get out of it mm. um, there are some people though that you know perhaps come into mentoring um, that, that don't last Mm. they not, not they don't last um, they they realize that they are happy with where they are mm. now and, and and not not wanting to change that an example of this was um, something that, that I worked a, a, a little while ago with um, where you know you know you, you'd set somebody some homework to do like go and do x y and Z and, and then come back to me and we'll, we'll discuss that next time and and you know time after time it's like, oh, I didn't have time mm. or uh, something got in the way, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I couldn't do it. And so we got to the point where it's like, "Show me your diary. Yeah, show me what you're doing that you are prioritising over doing this work." Mm. And so you, you you pulled up this person's um, this person's calendar, and every day of the week, uh, I go to the gym from six am till nine am, <laughs> three hours in the gym. Sorry, they're they for themselves. For themselves. Yeah. For, for yeah. Themselves. Okay. Wow.
0: That's like. Right. That's okay. like an inefficient workout. Sorry, no, that's personal bias. Play on.
1: And so it's like, well, it's not that you don't have time, mm. it's that, that you are prioritizing mm. your health and, and fitness mm. over doing the business work. Mm. And that's totally fine. Like, mm. that's not, not um, passing judgment. Yeah. But don't tell me you don't have time. Mm. Like, you do have time. Mm. You just. And so the conversation was like, what, what is really important to you yeah. right now? Mm. Like, is it to grow a business? Mm. Or is it to get in the gym and be buff. <laughs> and flex. And flex in front of a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for him it was that. Right, okay, perfect. Right, and Good so that's you. great. Yeah. Right. Well done, yeah. you know where you're, but don't expect to grow Yeah. if that's what you're spending your time prioritizing. Sure, sure. Cause you
0: can't grow for him, right? Which maybe was part of things like, oh, I'll pay these people and I'll get mentoring mm. and they will, uh, the business will grow. Mm. just like that it's like no 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 you can't you're not going to do it for them you can tell them what to do and how to do it and mm. this is not this is not a franchise like, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to get in there and do your
1: work for you uh, I'm not going to provide you with, with your collateral to go and mm. market with I'm not going to go and knock on the doors of GPs mm. that are down the road from you and say why don't you go and send, send your client yeah. or your patients to this yeah. guy because he's really good at what he yeah. does yeah. no, no. Mm. like that's your job you, you yeah. have to do that mm. I can't do that for you mm. Um, and so potentially that's um, where people's perception of what mentoring is is that like, you have to do the work mm. uh, and you need to allocate your time mm. to be able to do that mm. effectively. So I'll, I'll let you have a
0: drink and um, you. you've, you've done a good good talk there. So it, it sounds like although there are ways to to grow a business and, and uh, or like maintain and have a successful business, without putting in or prioritising your time around just growing the business there, you do need to be dedicating a lot of extra time to it because at, at least in the early stages your your time is everything
1: and, and I think uh, you can have a drink now mm. um, and I think this is a, is a good point to go on to with uh, people that are, are new to the profession or mm. new to their, uh, you know, being a practitioner mm. in in, um, in working with clients mm. is that running a business takes a lot of time. Mm. A mm. lot of time. And um, to, you, you don't, or you have less of an opportunity to work on your practitioner skills yeah. Yeah. and your your sort of client skills um, Client goals and and, uh, improving your community. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm. Um, Because you're having to spend time doing networking Mm. and doing meetings and Mm. and driving more Mm. work into your business Mm. than you will have the the ability to go and spend, Mm. you know, a weekend at a course. Sure, yeah. Um, And so, like, I suppose uh, my question to you is, you know when when people are in that uh, the beginning stage of their professional career, mm. Mm. Um, and, and you know we've obviously talked before about the importance of mentoring mm. in um, in practitioner. You know, like, I imagine that those first few years are so pivotal in terms of learning your yeah. skills.
0: Absolutely, that's. I mean, like that's when people are going to absorb the most information right and are most moldable uh and you're uh, and uh, like we're most impressionable as well anything about it, like when if you're going to learn a language the best time to do it is when you're a kid because you just pick things up like that and it's like as a new practitioner the best time to to learn things uh is is when you're uh fresher and you you haven't set in these really strong foundations to no 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 this is this is the way I do something, and this is the correct way. Um, you're you're more open to new ideas and more open to new things, and that and that's a general statement. But um, generally, I find that uh, younger practitioners or newer practitioners are uh, are willing to learn a lot of new things and take a lot of new advice. And I think that's really really important. So if you are looking, if if what's meaningful to you is to uh, improve your craft improve your face-to-face skills improve your actual uh, professional skills as whatever allied health practitioner you are Doing starting a business is going to take time away from doing that and start focus on building your craft as a business owner and as an entrepreneur mm. which is great if that's what you want but if what you want is to be a and I'm in quotation marks here, a master clinician or an expert clinician in an area, running your own business is probably going to slow that process uh, rather than speed it up because you're going to have to spend so much time doing other things. Mm. I think if, you, if, if someone has decided that uh, they, they don't, they're not getting enough from where they are at the moment, and they're thinking, well, the next step is I have to start my own thing so I can do it my way. Mm. I'd I'd stop and pause and think about, well, is the entire industry like this or is it just my own experience at this place I'm at right now? Mm. And even within that space that you are in right now, is this how it has to be here? So I feel like there's so many steps that you can go to before you decide no, that's it i'm starting my own thing because i'm fed up or i don't like what i'm dealing with it's like have you talked to your uh your boss about this Mm. uh is there room for growth or is there room for change in the people you're seeing or the way that you're doing things Mm. Uh, because if we think about what we talked about last week uh, and in previous podcasts like uh, holding on to a practitioner is really valuable so that they don't want to lose you so if if something is meaningful to you and is going to keep you there they it's in their best interest to help you mm. do that thing mm. so maybe uh start with that mm. start with talking to them and then if you decide like no this place is not for me look elsewhere in the same industry before you uh go no nah, i gonna start my own thing mm because there may be other businesses out there, other places that are going to be more aligned with your values and what you want to work on. Mm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's a couple steps you could go before in mm. business if if you're the kind of person who just wants to be working on their craft and becoming
1: the best clinician they can be. Mm. And, and I think that's a great point is, you know, so many of us got into this profession to help people, mm. right? And, um, it's almost like there's a mindset shift at some point in time where, you know, you, you uh, in order to keep the business growing, you actually have to help less people. Mm. And, and that can be very mm. conflicting for some yeah. people because that's not why I started this in the first place. Um, and so it's, it's funny because sometimes like, you see this transition where, you know, people uh, start a business and then they start to grow, then they realize, I'm spending less time helping people. I'm spending more time in front of a computer. Mm. I liked it better before. Mm. I liked it better when it was just me or just me and one other and just doing mm. work with people that was uh, gratifying because yep. I could see the change in front of them um, as opposed to sitting in front of spreadsheets and, and things like that, which is for a lot of people, not why we got into this profession No, for the first place. No, no. I, I feel
0: like people, you know, when we did our personality traits a couple of years ago and it was like, Oh, what, what type of person are you? Uh, one of the categories was helper, <laughs> which was like, you're caring, you're empathetic, mm. you, uh, your energy goes towards, uh, making others feel good, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and caring for others. That was what 90% of our team, um, <laughs> were, that was their main, uh, personality trait was being a helper. Mm. Uh, that doesn't probably doesn't fall into the business entrepreneur archetype. <laughs> I'd say if you went into more of a, a white collar setting uh, or entrepreneur area, I doubt that the main personality trait would be helper a lot of the time. Mm. Probably be some some of the other ones. I can't remember what they are. Yeah. Uh, but I guess for for a young practitioner then, or a uh, or an early practitioner or a student perhaps who are having these conversations in their head going what should I do Mm. what would your advice be to help them navigate
1: that conversation in their head i'd get a mentor i think uh, somebody that's gone through experiences that they're thinking about uh, might help them see uh, what it's like you know once once you've actually gone through it or or you're going through i think that's um a really useful perspective to have um, and to your point before I think that's a great point that um, there are you know just because the experience that you're having right now uh, might not be exactly what you want it to be but that doesn't mean that that's the same experience that is across the industry mm. um, so I, I would explore uh, firstly with, with, within your own organisation but then um, outside of that it's like well you know what what where do I want to be in three years' time? Mm. Right? What what does my my uh the three year the 2026 version of me look like? Your desire statement. There you go. Trademark. Um, trademark? I <laughs> can't trademark
0: desire statement. I just did. Wait, um, can you? I don't know. Did you invent a desire statement? <laughs>
1: I did not. Where did you learn desire statement? I learned from? it from my mentor. Oh, interesting. Um but um uh you know, to to go in, and get uh, some clarity on, mm. on what that is going to look like. So um, spend some time in, in your own company. I was listening to a podcast this morning. Oh yeah. Um, uh, diary of the CEO, mm. uh, Stephen Bartlett was interviewing Jay Shetty. The, oh, uh, I know Jay Shetty. The um, and he was talking about spending more time in, um, in, not solitary isolation, but in solitude, in solitude. Ah. Um, So that you can sort of get to know your own self a little bit better. Um, And so you can start to work out, you know, what is it that's really motivating me? Mm. Is it that I got into this because I want to help people Mm. and I'm feeling like there's a lack of growth in my my ability to be able to help people and therefore being a business owner is going to help that? Or would I fill up that same bucket by Mm. being able to be in an organisation that wants me to foster and grow and um and to be able to help more people that i want to help yeah um i think exploring that is is really good Mm. and and look at the same time i want the profession to grow yes right i i think we need more business owners Mm. because in order for us to have the the recognition that we want to have, mm. there needs to be more businesses out there, particularly in private practice, yeah. um, that are out there uh, advocating to your local community about mm. the benefits of, of EP mm. for for your local community. Yeah. So there needs to be more of that. It's just finding the right time to do that. For you. Yeah. For you. Because you're right. GPs need to be bombarded
0: with EP GP letters and meetings and that sort of thing for them to go, right, we want them to have the problem of which EP should I send them to, not what the fuck is an EP mm. that's not helpful for the profession and something you say all the time is that uh, in terms of the EP profession uh, is a rising tide flight floats all boats and one of our uh, things that uh, we, we work by here is that competition's great you know, we're, we're on the northern beaches of Sydney uh, where there's you know, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> you know, we're not going to be protective of every single human uh, and we, we can't be the only EP that's available mm. because we're not going to be best suited for everyone here so that doesn't work and that doesn't work for any er- like any area you're in mm. like competition is good because awareness is good and you know it's a free market and this works in any other industry so why can't it work in healthcare the the client the the customer should be able to choose and have choice over who they go and see for their healthcare for their food for their mm. whatever for their shoes i don't know for their shopping Absolutely. so yeah. i feel like that's a really important thing is that like yes we need more businesses we need more business owners and we need to, and the people who start them need to know when to do it. Mm. So, and you mentioned something before that I want to go back to, which was uh, desire statements. Uh, and I thought maybe we should talk briefly about what that is and then how that is useful to a person in this specific situation. Mm.
1: So the 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 idea behind a desire statement mm. is to articulate what your life looks like three years into the future. And and there's different sort of dimensions that you can sort of go into, whether it's finances or uh, career or health and well-being or family uh, family contribution, etc. Yeah. But it's it's spending time and, and actually articulating. One of my mentors, um, his uh, saying that he says all the time is, people often spend more time planning their wedding than they do their life. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> right i fucking do it right now <laughs> yeah exactly um and i believe that's true um for a lot of people and so like to sit there and, and actually think about where do i want my career to be in three years time what mm. professional development do i want to have done mm. what salary do i want to be earning what responsibilities do i want to be having what people am i helping mm. right to actually sit and write that shit down mm. and then go, well, if that is where I want to be, is being a business owner taking me closer to or further away from that goal? Mm. And objectively, you can sit there and go, okay, well, maybe there are some things that I need to do before I, I do that. Mm. I need to uh, get competent in my own skills. I need to develop a refer a base that refers to me by name, Mm. so that if and when I decide to go out and do it by myself, Mm. I I have a network of people that Mm. I can lean into. Because it'd be hard going to a new area to start a
0: business with no connections anywhere and going from scratch with no reputation, right? Because there's no point having a great network of uh, people who refer to you on the northern beaches if you then go to the hills and start a business there. You're starting
1: from scratch again. You're starting from scratch. Um, and and the same thing kind of gets applied like if if you're a new grad that's been in in our business for a month Mm. and then decide to go down the road Mm. well, you're now competing with us Mm. in the sense that you'll you'll be trying to approach the same GPs that we've had a relationship for for 15 years Mm. and you're trying to go to the same physios and the same support coordinators and Mm. the same... And so you need to be able to articulate your point of difference mm. against us mm. because we have this reputation. Mm. And so if you can do that, like all credit to you, mm. but to be able to have a, a following of referrers that know you personally within mm. an organisation mm. and then you decide to branch out, mm. like that's a, that's a much better place mm. to start a business. Mm. There are, you know, there's there's, um, there's uh, confidentiality, sorry, uh, there's, there's um, contingencies yeah, there yeah, around non-competes, like non-competes and things yeah. like that, but that doesn't extend to referrers, right? right. You, you can't pick up your client base and, and go down the road, mm. but if somebody wants to refer to you, yeah, great. Fuck, I can't stop that, no. nobody can stop that, no. right? And, and so how you get that mm. is by doing great work, getting great results with clients for mm. a period of time. Mm. And so that is a is a very um, it's a it's a very solid way mm. to start a business, mm. as opposed to like, as opposed to deciding I uh, I'm gonna walk down the road I'm gonna start a clinic I'm mm. gonna slap a logo on mm. on a space um, and I'm gonna wait for people to turn up and on. I'm gonna make a nice Instagram uh, get a
0: Canva account and make some cool graphics about why exercise or mm. my profession is
1: good. Mm. That nobody ever reads. That nobody ever reads, and and I think we've been over this before. That uh, particularly within you know EP, physio, chiro type, type mm. clinics, so much of your referrals come from word of mouth mm. or professional relationships, yeah. GPs, yeah. other other allied health professionals, etc. Yeah. A very small percentage will come from social media. Very very small. Very small. Yeah. Um, a social media following. Um, and, and it can be done incredibly well you know mm. When uh, I, I work with um, I, I do mentoring with a company uh, in Brisbane we've mm. got like 30,000 followers so yeah, whenever no. whenever they need uh, 30,000 engaged followers yeah wow okay. right? and so whenever they they need a, a few more clients in the books mm. it's like let's just post on they come. yeah
0: but I have 230 followers on our Rebound DP Instagram
1: that's awesome thank you love that thank you uh, that's a lot of play on <laughs> But you can then test that and go, okay, well, hey, I've got availability on Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Who wants an appointment? Yeah, wow, it's so, like, amazing. Oh, nobody booked in. But how did they build that? Time. Yeah. And they studied
0: mm.
1: how to do social media well. Right, yeah, uh, and, it's not and an easy not, thing either. Not necessarily like sitting down and doing a course, but mm. going like, being, being curious about like, why did that post get mm. more engagement than that mm. post? Yeah. And, um, you know, how should people be looking and what does the lighting look like mm. and, and what hashtags are we using and all these sort of things mm. that is just trial and error over a very long period of time mm. to get that kind of engaged mm. following. Mm. Right? You're not going to get clients mm. new to an EP clinic mm. in, in your first week of opening doing Facebook ads. No. Like, it's, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen Mm. Mm. so it's going to take you time Mm. to build a business and so the point i'm trying to make is be deliberate about the decision yeah realize that there are a few things that you kind of need to line up Mm. before you want to go and Mm. make that decision so back to desire
0: statements again and uh talking about well where where do you want to be in terms of these different categories that we mentioned? And there, there are other categories. You can make up your own categories if you want to. Um, where do you want to be in three years? What do you want to be doing in three years? Or who do you want to be seeing? Who do you want, how much do you want to be making in three years' time? And if you do these things and you go, well, I want to be making X amount of dollars a year. Maybe that then becomes a conversation like, huh, if that's what I want to be making in three years time, let me talk to my current boss and go, hey, uh, I have this goal that I want to be uh, close to or making this amount of money in three years time. Is that doable? Mm. And they might say yes. And if they say yes, well, then there's a thing. It's like, okay, well, I don't need to start a business too. To make that amount of money, mm. if it is, I want. Uh, if we're doing another category, it's like I want to be spending this amount of time with my family, uh, or I want to be seeing my friends you know, three times a week and playing social sport once a week, and drinking a shit ton of beers on the weekend. Uh, and then you try and line that up with the you know, your experience of what it's like starting a business. Maybe that doesn't line up. So. Kind of have to, it's a very, very useful tool to go through to then work out like, is starting a business what is going to get me
1: to these things? And, and I think you make a great point there. And, and, a, and a good business owner, like if somebody came to either one of us now mm. and said, Hey, Archie, like in three years' time, mm. I would love to be earning mm. X dollars. Yeah. What would I need to be doing mm. in order to earn that? Yeah. Like that's a that's a
0: great conversation. It's a great conversation. It's so positive, and it, that's not a dirty conversation about money at all. That's a awesome. I'm so glad you've come to me with this. Let me go and do the numbers, and I'll come back to you, and we can have a chat about what it would look like mm. on a week to week basis, and then maybe uh, larger than face to face, like on a value to the business mm. side of things as well, mm. and we can we can have that conversation. Mm. Um, if someone came to you with that question, oh, how would you feel?
1: Awesome. Mm. That's a great conversation. Because mm. it's a very clear, like, we, we've got the frameworks to be able to work backwards through yeah. that and go, yeah. well, um, if this is what you want to make, then this is sort of the revenue that you would need to generate for the mm. business and, mm. and how that kind of brings it back to, mm. well, this is how many clients you need to see in a week. Mm. So if you can see, you know, 28 billable hours a week, then yeah. you'll be able to earn this amount of
0: dollars yeah. in the future. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Less helpful conversation if they come in, if someone comes in and, or say I come in and go, Andrew, I want to make this amount of money
1: now. <laughs> it's a less helpful conversation because you put me in a corner. Yes. Right? And, and there's, there's not really a win-win mm. in that situation because either... I'm going to say no, and mm. you feel shit, mm. or I'm going to say yes, and I feel shit. Yeah, and so I, you're going to hold resentment for me, or I'm going to hold resentment for you. Mm. Uh, so there is a, a more constructive way. Yeah. To talk about
0: a, talk about a time frame. Talk mm. about a plan for growth, which also means that, like, maybe don't wait until you're desperate mm. to have that conversation. Uh, because if you get to the point of desperate for change and then you're like, I need to make this now or I'm leaving, mm. like, fuck. Who's that useful for? Yeah. Either you stay mm. and you have a shit relationship really with your boss after that and you're going to have to repair that or you leave because they couldn't
1: help you mm. because you, they didn't have a chance to help you mm. in the first place. So mm. That's not good for anyone. No, and, and I think, you know... It, it's great to have these conversations regularly with mm. people so that it's not a surprise mm. so that there's you know if situations do change in your personal life or in mm. your family life mm. that we can put a plan in place mm. for that that's, mm. that's really important um, so you know don't wait for your annual review if something's changed and, and you want mm. to make a decision or you know you're just having you just have me look on Seek and you're like oh mm. I could earn X dollars by doing a fly in fly out job yeah why aren't I earning that now Mm. So, well, there's probably a reason for that. Yeah, and and to explore that rather mm. than just to make the assumption that I'm going to be valued differently in mm. a different role mm. is not always yeah. the case.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that at least in healthcare, rarely the answer to why am I not making this, rarely the answer would be because the owner's driving a Maserati. Really, really very rarely <laughs> very very rarely it's, it's more likely well let's have a conversation about all the overheads and, and what uh, we put back into the business and provide for you in terms of all of these things and admin time and support staff and CPD budget and these kind of things and, and retreat or whatever all this kind of stuff uh, and nice gym equipment
1: uh, that's why Mm. Uh,
0: If you would like to go work for that business that's advertising on Seek, uh, maybe ask them or, you know, have a think about or how can they be offering this amount of money to me if their, you know, face-to-face appointment costs are, what, within 10, 15% of uh, what the place, what your place is offering. Mm. So what are their overheads? so what are you getting there that you're not getting here financially but what are you getting somewhere else that they're not giving you mm. uh, experience wise or culture wise or mm. work environment wise mm. it's normally it's normally a reason mm. well there's always a reason there's always a reason and maybe it is the Maserati keys on the desk
1: look that'd be great <laughs> no it wouldn't like <laughs> no it wouldn't no uh, that, that's that's personal um, but, you know, we, we've spent a bit of time talking about the financial side mm. to, to, you know, buying a, or, or starting a business. And, um, you know, in, in the introduction that we talked about, there's, there's other different reasons mm. that would motivate somebody mm. to start a business. Mm. Um, have any, like, you've you, you run our students mm. for, for a long time. You, are, are there any other themes that you pick up in terms of like people's uh, inclination that oh wait, maybe I want to start a business people
0: I think the most common one I, I have is uh, f- mostly from students because they're, you know, they're five weeks here they're, they're part time here and they're, they're bouncing around a couple of different places and they go oh, this place does things uh, in this particular way And I would never do it like that. I would never do it like that.
1: Mm.
0: When I have my business, I will run it this way instead. That's kind of, that's probably the main Mm. uh, sentiment I get from students or they go somewhere and they go, um, oh my God, I I hated that space. Why would would they make it look like that? Or why would they only do half hour appointments? Or why Mm. would they only see these kind of clients? Why would they make a Templeton program Uh, where everyone does the same thing Mm. so what's been your advice to those students? it's your experience in one place is not going to be the same in another place uh, try not to paint the entire profession with the same brush Mm. is one thing Uh, is probably my best advice Mm. Like, because you went to one place doesn't mean that everyone doesn't like that it doesn't mean that uh, the next placement you go to is going to be like that either, and it could be wonderful. Mm. Like I, when I was at uni and I was doing placement, I thought I wanted to work in a hospital setting. After I finished uni, because I was like, I don't want to have to deal with trying to get clients or, um, you know, working weird times and dealing with cancellations, and that kind of stuff. I want to work in a hospital where I turn up, I'm there from nine till five or eight to four or whatever. I have a set, uh, a set week, a set wage, and I see whoever is in the room. Um, if they come to the hospital, they see me. I don't have to worry about any of it. Um, and then I did a private practice placement, and I did a hospital placement, and my expect, <laughs> and after coming out of both of those, I wanted the opposite. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I think I would like die an early death, li- working in a hospital, mm. probably because I'd get so bored, and I'd drink myself <laughs> silly, because I was just it was mind numbing. Yeah. Um, Whereas my private practice placement and, and my job now, I'm constantly challenged with different people every day. Um, I have way more flexibility uh, with like the hours that I work. Um, I get to make like personal relationships with different clients, and then I'm an integral part of their journey from start to finish. And you know we kind of work together on what's best for them and how often I see them and what they're doing outside of here. Mm. And it's a really, really nice feeling when uh, you get to that point with a client, and you go, hey, I don't think I need to see you anymore. And they go, yeah, but I wanna keep coming. (laughs) You never get that in a hospital. (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's just a completely different thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we started this conversation with uh, a student that sort of came up and, mm. and uh, that, we're, that we're sort of helping at the moment and he sort of said, should I start my own business? Mm. So what, what's your answer to him?
0: Uh, my answer is at least not for three years. Uh, and if you end up in three different places working for someone else in your first three years, so be it, build the experience, mm. get to know what you like. Um, Try and build a reputation somewhere. Mm. And then, at least after that, then do your desire statement. Mm. Work out where you want to be in three more years time. And if business is something that you want to be doing still, okay, maybe get a mentor mm. and have a chat with him further. What about you, what would you say?
1: Yeah, very similar. Um, get some experience. Be able to see examples where people do it terribly mm. and also when people do it incredibly well. Uh, and I think you know so much of our decision to start businesses comes from the fact that like I, I saw or I was part of this business and it was shit and I was treated mm. like crap, so I'm going to do it different. Mm. But they can't articulate what that different is. Mm. It's just I want to do it different. Mm. And I think if you've worked in an organisation where you were treated like... A good person mm. um, and you are making a meaningful impact in people mm. um, and you go okay well now I have a contrast mm. now I can see what that looks like mm. and all the while you're building your skills mm. so that you know for anybody that walks in the door because you know when, when you run your own business mm. you see anybody that walks through mm. your door mm. and you you need a sort of a, a level of confidence to be able to have that um, so that you're not, oh, uh, like I, I, am not, mm. I don't know about that area. So like, mm. oh no no, no mm. like, you come straight and you get on Google and you fucking work that shit out. Mm. Um, and so when you have that contrast, you can go, okay, well, I now have a clearer vision of what I'm, i want mm. to create. Mm. Um, so get some, get some real world experience. Mm. Um, and because. Uh, the decision to open a business, and this is something we haven't talked about, but yeah, it's it's a pretty big commitment. Mm. If you take a commercial lease, like you are committed to that lease. If you take loans to buy equipment, like you have to repay those loans. Um, and so people, if you if you aren't 100% committed to that, and you've committed to all of these other components, it's a pretty long, arduous journey. Mm. Mm. So be very very sure that that's the direction that you want to go mm. you also need to be
0: really fucking good at what you do right like you guys were seeing full caseloads um, I, I imagine you were seeing full case load. and you don't have a full caseload if you're not good at what you do and if you go and start your own business and you have to build that up again you can't do that if you are not really fucking good at what you do because especially now, like the the EP market was very different when you started rebound to what it is now. If you go start a business, uh, and, and you know what I'm saying is EP is probably now more similar to Allied Health in that there are more of us around. There are options. Mm. If you're not standing out from the crowd, how are you going to start seeing a shit ton of people? Mm. And how are you going to start? helping and giving really good client experience to these people so that you get word of mouth and other people refer to you because they like you and you're mm. really good and you've helped them. Mm. If you're not at that point in your career where everyone really likes you and you're really good at what you do, don't start a business <laughs> because you'll just have no, <laughs> you'll have all the same problems you had at the last place, just minus the the money, yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, yeah. just minus the like... weekly pay yeah. <laughs> that you were getting, which was really nice. When all of your clients cancelled and yeah. you were, yeah. and you you know you'd see people for one appointment and they didn't come back. Yeah, Mate, I imagine like when you or start yeah. a business, if you see a client they don't come back, that hurts. Oh, you, you that question hurts, you right? question
1: your soul mm. in those moments. But like, what did I do wrong? Why did this person hate me? Yeah, um, I I've got vivid pictures of those people in my wow. mind. Wow. From 15 years ago, it's like... Oh, my God. What did I do wrong that you only came once? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I have no idea. Because they are so... They mean so much to the business, right? Mm. Each person... And look, uh, as bad as is, I imagine when you're a very small business and you're just starting, you see a new person walk in, you see dollar signs, and you go, wow, this person is so valuable mm. to my small business and my financial... Uh, Life, right now, mm. I need to do a really good job with you, mm. and if they don't like you, fuck, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> uh, not good at all. No. Yeah, I, I, I think a personal reflection is uh, after working in a business like rebound, and this is back on a previous point you had where you said that uh, you you'd look at. Other businesses and see what would you do differently to them, Uh, and you look at good businesses as well. It's like I look at rebound and I go, I don't think I could do it better. Or I know that I couldn't do it better. So (laughs) there is no way that I would go anywhere else uh, or try and start my own thing
1: and do it better because I know that I can't do it better. But if you move, I'll challenge you on that, if you move to Queensland and you're like I don't want to work for somebody else in, anymore. Mm. Um, I want to start my own thing because, in your position now, I feel like I've got the clinical skills mm. to be able to deliver a, a consistent mm. level of experience. Uh, I have a bit more understanding about how business kind of operates from mm. a from a numbers perspective. So, uh, I feel like I want to give it a crack. Mm. I would bet my money on you, to be able to establish a. a very good business very quickly because of the confidence that you could deliver and the the ability to generate client referrals GP referrals Mm. because of that confidence
0: Uh, but I think that confidence comes from knowing what it looks like like my vision would be so clear as to what it would look like because it's what I'm working in right now Mm. so because I have such a clear vision and I Um, have seen what it looks like in practice yeah, I feel like I could Mm. I could do that Mm. but if I haven't seen that if I hadn't seen that Mm. I would find it really difficult to to go what do I need to do to make a really good clinic really Mm. good practice I I feel like you have to see good clinics before you make a good clinic Mm. yep, absolutely agreed agreed How's the it beer? It's been good. A little bit left, so that's good. We're on the second one each. Uh, it's 5%. It's done well. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like, towards the second half of whatever episode we do, we get a bit more ranty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like that about us. I no, think it's that's good. good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Uh, a quick plug. If you are still listening an hour no, no. an hour, in. An hour in, if you ask for no, this no. thing um, we are running a uh, a new grad webinar night a new grad night webinar it is for final year uh, specifically EP students this is going to be very EP specific uh, it's going to be on Zoom there is an Eventbrite link that you'll be able to find uh, in the in our bio on our uh, rebound underscore EP Instagram, that Andrew's Instagram and my Instagram will also repost as well. So you can find that Instagram, please come along. We talk about a lot of the stuff of uh, what it's good to know as a new grad, uh, how to look for jobs, uh, what it's like in your first year of practice and these really important things that you should know and you can start doing while you're a student. So if you are a student or you know students, send them away, we'd love to help. Sure would. Anything else? That's all. That's all. All right. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.